0: Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It
1: doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here,
0: we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to the Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now here's your host, Michelle
1: Schaefer. Hey, welcome to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. My guest today is Aaron Smith. Aaron, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. How are you?
1: I am good. I'm I'm looking forward to this conversation because we got into a, a pretty interesting conversation at New Media Summit when we met about what you do.
0: hmm yeah. So, and, it, yeah, it, it go ahead. Just, it's like we knew each other for years. Seriously. <laughs>
1: you know some people you meet and just immediately connect with what it is they're doing in the world you just it's something that is so important and so valuable and you see why it's so needed and I think that's really what it was so why don't we start there with and I'll let you share kind of from your own perspective um what it is that you give a damn about what it is that you're working to change
0: all right well I've been in education for 21 years, seen a lot of wonderful things happen, but unfortunately, seen a lot of travesty along the way. And you know, when you feel like you have the power to change the world, whether it's one person or six billion, you, you think, how can you have the most impact? Right. So, a buddy of mine, we're just sitting there and we are having a beer because you know, great conversations happen around alcohol. Or at least the most interesting ones. (laughs) The most interesting ones, exactly. You know, here, hold my beer, let's go. So, but um, anyway, we were talking and he says, why are you writing another book? And I said, because I'd love to. And he says, you want to do something bigger and better. And I looked at him kind of funny. He says, change the world. Do something unique that nobody's ever thought of. So, you know, a couple beers later, we thought about it. And he says, what would it take to build the perfect public school?
1: That's the question you got my attention with.
0: And when you think about it, there's no right or wrong answer to it because there's so many different variables. You know, I think we all should strive for perfection, but I think we really need to hone in on fixing ourselves first before we can fix others. And I, I just I know I've seen it do a world of wonders with other kids, and that's what I want to do is, is to help change the world because I give a damn.
1: Well, you know, it's something that I think just asking that question shifts the way people are thinking. Um, Sometimes it really is asking the right question that does change the world. And, you know, when you brought that up for me, I shared with you that I was so fed up with the public school system and the way things were, not just when I was a kid, but when I went to enroll my kids, that I didn't enroll them. The Mm -hmm. stories I heard from uh, people around me who had kids at the schools that mine would have gone to, I was like... I can't do it. And yeah. I ended up homeschooling because I didn't know what to do to both you know, put my kids in a safe environment and something that I felt like would really prepare them for life. Mm-hmm. Because There's that huge disconnect. And I know that's a part that you really work with people around. So uh, let's talk about that piece of it. Um, what do you see as the things we can do like concrete actions we can take whether it's for our own kids or whether we're hiring employees what do we do to bridge that gap and and bring kids in that are ready for careers that are ready for the jobs that are waiting for them
0: one thing we have to do is we have to invest the time and and people say you don't have the money i get that but there's no excuse for you putting the time you know as as a parent as a mom You understand the more you put into your children and you've already poured your heart and soul in it, you're going to see the fruits of their hard work take off in years down the road. And, And when you transfer that to a school, that could be simple as volunteering, helping a teacher put up a bulletin board, engaging in conversations that are going to help build a curriculum. You know, there's just so many things people can do, but they're they're afraid that to they don't know what they're doing, right? And they don't think what they do is is not important. And it's quite the opposite.
1: Well, and that's an interesting thing that I've I've heard from a lot of teachers that I've talked with is they actually want parents to get involved in care. And then I hear parents they feel like they don't know where to get involved, they don't know what to do. Um, so I think that's a that's a great first step is just you know, step up and, and reach out to your kids' teachers, no matter what level they're at, and just say, hey, is there anything that I can do to support you?
0: It, it is, and, and especially the economically challenged families. It, you know, they do want to help, but if they're working 12-, 14-hour days, I, I tell them, don't worry about coming in the building. As long as you're a phone call away from me, and we both got, you know, little Susie um, working together, that's all I care about. You know, for this parent, when time frees up, you bet I'd love to have you. Um, the other piece to that is that parents don't know how to fit in to the schools. Yeah. And if they fit in, I'll give you an example. A special needs child would have what's called an IEP. Right. An Individualized Educational Plan or Program. All right. So every year there's an IEP meeting to determine if the needs are are still there and do you need to tweak and adjust anything and it it bothers me when parents just sit there and they're going through the process but not really understanding and comprehending that gotcha so i kind of break up the the monotony of it and i say do you understand what's going on here? And I remind them of their rights because they can call a meeting at any point in time that they don't think is right, especially if their spider sense is tingling and they know something is not working. Don't wait for report card time. Get on the horn. Schedule a meeting. Go from there.
1: Yeah. And I think that's something that parents really are the best advocate. For their kid, I mean, you got to work in cooperation with whatever teachers you're working with, but do the work and advocate for your kid because it makes a huge difference. I know, you know, it's funny you say IEP meetings and it did, <laughs> brings up memories because I was a kid sitting outside while my parents had that meeting mm-hmm. with the teachers, which seemed like it took forever uh, as a child. But I also know, you know, they would come out and discuss it with me and say, you know, here, this is what you can expect, and this is what we expect of you. Mm-hmm. and I know by telling me what those expectations for me were it made a difference because then you know the teacher was positioned to succeed with it yes. because I knew oh, okay this is what I'm expected to behave like and the teacher gets to call me on it if I mm-hmm. don't um now I can see where parents being actively involved makes a big difference for the outcomes that the kid has as mm-hmm. far as those those types of meetings and things go with teachers oh
0: absolutely you know and and it You don't want helicopter parents, the kind, and, and you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm talking about, yes. that that basically camp out in the classroom. There's got to be a happy balance. Yes. You know, and I get it. You're not going to have every teacher that's perfect. You're not going to get along with every teacher. But regardless of the side that you're on, you have to understand we all want all kids to succeed.
1: That's the thing that was a was a big realization for me, I think, because... You know, sometimes we look at it and we forget the whole reason that these men and women went into teaching was because they want to be in that classroom. For the most part, I mean, 99% of teachers Mm -hmm. are there because they want to be and they want to support our kids. They want to see a good outcome just like we do. And all of the politics and garbage gets in the way sometimes. So I think that is a really important point for all of us to remember at every level is teachers want our kids to succeed. We need to be on the same team.
0: Exactly. And and, and I'm so glad you said that because I, I'm trying a different approach. I'm tired of negativity. Mm-hmm. I am tired of pointing the finger. Let's just roll up our sleeves and fix it. That's the way I believe in it. Everybody is right. You know, and I'm not trying to be the perfect row person, but let's think about it. If we each gave a little, yeah. there's so much ground that can be gained. And, and the ultimate product of that is a kid that is confident and competent to go into the workforce.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think you know, we get so hung up on the specifics, we forget that as long as we all agree on the outcome, which, like you said, is that kid that's confident and competent, there are a million different ways to get there. And one way isn't necessarily better than the other. As long as we get there somehow and mm-hmm. we can just agree on a path that, yeah, it might not be my ideal or your ideal, but if it gets the kid to the objective,
0: great, we've just exactly. seen it. Exactly, yeah. because everybody has different learning styles, everybody's different yeah. niches, you know, the the basics are, how do we get there, and what do we need to do to accelerate their dream? Yeah,
1: absolutely, well, and that's such an important part of it, because I think sometimes one of the weaknesses, in whether it's the parenting side, the education side, both, everybody is we don't really dive into enough, like what is this child's dream? What do they wanna do and how do we prepare them for that instead of just, you know, here's your required classes, good luck. Um, so what would you suggest as far as that piece of it and having conversations around, you know, what is it that you want to do in life? How can we support you with that?
0: In in the education world, there's, there's an old proverb that says, kids don't care about what you know until they know that you care. And, you know, that's truly a life lesson because the more we invest and we sit down and listen to kids, we're going to find out a lot. Not only what are the weaknesses, what is the story, you know, because some of them are fighting homelessness. Some of them are coming from broken homes, you know, and and, and see that's where we just need to really reflect and really prepare them for the next level so they can get out of poverty and really they can hone in on those dreams. I, Whenever I meet a kid for the first time, I shake their hand firmly. You know how they give you that little limp handshake? Yes. You know what I'm talking about, yes. that little weak handshake. I meet somebody new for the first time, and I shake them, and, and I, I give them a solid handshake, and I say, do you know why I do this? And they look at me kind of funny like I'm crazy. Well, it's because I am, but that's another story for another day.
1: It takes um, crazy to change the world.
0: I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> so, but getting back to the handshake, yeah. you know, part of my job here is to teach kids the skills. Right. And I explain to them, if you give a limp handshake and you're doing an interview with somebody, you're not going to get it because they're going to smell that fear, just like sharks smell blood and water. You know, when you go in there confident, you perk that smile out, you do the eye-to-eye contact, you know, that shows them I've got it. I've got the power. I want to get it.
1: Well, and that goes back to what you said about confidence, that they've got to be confident when they get that diploma and go into the next phase of life to be able to succeed with it.
0: They do. They do. And it's still a good thing to be a little nervous, but overall, you know, you, you shouldn't be terrified at the next level
1: yeah yeah well I'm trying to change gears here for a minute what was it that made you decide to build a business around this
0: when I was finishing up the book um I started working on one of the last edits and I said we really need to make sure kids are workplace ready and they're fully developed as they graduate Mm -hmm. you know truly kids need to go three places the military trades or college you know And and regardless of the pathway, we need to make sure that they're meeting the skill sets and the confidence to get there. And that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, there is no systematic process in place. There's not. You know, when you think about the Workforce Initiative Act, people Mm -hmm. are spending billions of dollars in professional development money to fix individuals and their problems. And don't get me wrong, it's great, but you've got to develop a pipeline to fix the masses first, then you trickle and hone in on the individualists. And and that's when I was like, Eureka! So that's kind of been my dream is, is when you can fix education and you can fix workforce at the same time, you're, you're going to be solving three quarters of the world's problems.
1: Oh, absolutely, because that's something that, first of all, most people don't actually have that honest conversation with themselves about, here's my paths, which one of these three is right for me or my kid? Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's easy to focus in on individual one at a time trying to fix something that really is such a bigger problem. It's, it's a systemic problem. And Mm -hmm. the only way to fix that is by getting involved and saying, let's fix this for everybody, because it, in fact, it affects, well, infects as well, but affects all of us. You know, it's, 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 it's such an issue. So what are the things that inside your company that you offer and that you do to fix this? Because you've got a really big mission. I know we've got people listening who are thinking, okay, so what are the steps? Like, how do you actually do this?
0: Well, I, I call it steps, for lack like a better word, where number one is you have to see the vision. And, and I say that because a parent's understanding of STEM, for example, is different than a school's, yeah. than a child's the workforce you have to align common language for things because other than that you're going to have a a same vision but different agendas
1: Mm.
0: once you do that you take the inventory what is in the school you know in terms of curriculum and resources versus what's needed and then from there then you start identifying um an action plan you you kind of evaluate what you need to do to get to the finish line All right, so then the P is you're preparing the action plan. Mm -hmm. So you're basically looking for grants, funding, the right people on board, the network. And, you know, the last thing is you start up STEM and career tech ed into the schools Mm -hmm. and also the workforce. Now, it's already there, but it really needs to be amplified even more because it's still isolated by classes. And it really just needs to be integrated into all the classes. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, So what are some basic next steps for people who are listening and thinking, you know, I want to help connect my school to this as a resource and as a solution? Or who are maybe parents sitting here thinking, yeah, my kid needs this. What's the best way for people to find out more about what you do and how to bring it into the lives of the kids that they're dealing with?
0: Well, one. Just connect with the school, you know, seriously, pick up the phone and, and call them and tell them, I want to be more involved. I want to learn more about careers with my kids. You know, across America, there's job centers and, you know, you can go in there and just do a field trip and just see what it's about. And then you could find a career day, be involved in a career day and really help get those open opportunities where you can expand their dream. Or let them talk to a recruiter in the Army. You know, let them see a 3D printer that Alcoa Helmet has and talk to an engineer.
1: All right. So before we wrap up here, tell us about your books because I'm sure people are going to be curious uh, where they can find those and a little more about them.
0: Sure. The the first book I have is called Awakening Your Stem School. And basically it's a blueprint for any kind of school in the spectrum that's just getting started or if you're fully immersed and taking it to the next level where it becomes a learning institution, you know, and you're integrating science, technology, engineering, and math. You're raising awareness to females and minorities. You know, you're making parents actively involved in understanding the possibilities that the children can do. Um, So that's available on Amazon right now. Okay. And of course, the one that's coming out is called Blank Check, Recreating America's Broken School. It's a fictional book. Okay. So I'm trying a different approach to eliminate the variables and hopefully create a discussion about the what-ifs. You know, money is always an issue, but what would happen if you had a blank check to change a school? What do you think would happen?
1: That's a great question and, and great way to look at it because I think when we ask questions like that, we're able to think so much more creatively, mm-hmm. and then we can figure it out. If we see what the solution is in an unlimited space, then we go, okay, well, what steps can we take towards that right now, given the limits we have? What is possible? Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and that's it, and I keep telling people we're only bound by our imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, It's the termination that makes it a reality. Love that. So I,
1: I did a quick search. I see the book on Amazon here, guys. It's 99 cents to grab the Kindle edition, which is a fantastic uh, deal. You've got a bunch of five-star ratings on this. Um, if you are looking for support, if you're a teacher or parent, uh, go grab a copy of this. Give it a read and see what ideas come out of it for you. When is your new book coming out?
0: We are looking to launch it this summer. summer so okay. probably August. Um Believe it or not, I'm in my 19th edit now.
1: Oh, that sounds like a fun process.
0: You know what? I actually find it therapeutic. You know how (laughs) you go work out? I I wish I had the time to go work out, but just that solitude every morning of just sitting down and writing and reading and researching, to me, you know, that's my working out until I can find time to work out again.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's, that's quite a process, but I'm sure the end result will show the time and, and, you know, care and mission that was put into that. Oh well,
0: thank you. You know, it's, it's always fun having conversations with people like you, Michelle, who truly care and, and, and you do, your, your heart is so pure. You want everybody to succeed. And I appreciate that because unfortunately I don't have those conversations all the time.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, there's, There's so much to be cynical about if you look around and just see what's wrong instead of looking at it, like you said, let's roll up our sleeves and find the solution because there is an entire generation, multiple generations of kids depending on us to not throw away what's broken, but to figure out how do we fix it? How do we make it better? And like you said, we're only limited by our imagination. So thank you for coming on the show today, for sharing what you're up to and some of your perspectives on things. I hope we've got people thinking a little bit differently about what their role might be in changing something that affects all of us.
0: Thanks for having me, Michelle. Really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. So for those of you listening, there will be a link near this video, the audio, to where you can find both Aaron's book and a link to his website. It's uh, Workplace Readiness Solutions, Solutions. And uh, when your book is out, you have to send me a link. And if you're listening to this episode later, you may see a link near it, below it, to uh, your second book. So thank you again so much for your time and for what you're doing to make the world a better place and really make a difference for the next generation.
0: Thanks for having me. Let me know if you need anything.
1: Absolutely. Uh, For those of you listening, please like, rate, review, subscribe to the show wherever you're at, and tune in again for the next episode.